Joe? He's Patrick Mahomes, Zachary. And he has looked like not Patrick Mahomes the whole start of the season. <laughs> Why are you going to a second overtime with this team? You really want to shoot out with Caleb Williams? There's a problem, Kurt. There's don't hate problem. me. Hate the light pole. Don't hate if me. You, hate the light if pole. You save the the it was the Lions. Whatever. They lost. Here's Beautiful why. game, by the Here's way. Here's why they lost. I have one. been on the Lions' side since day one. I keep breaking my chair. Zach just went right I'm for Joe's chin there. <laughs>beautiful time of year the holidays are here thanksgiving's behind us christmas is next truly my favorite time of year um i'll get us up on the screen now sorry about that truly my favorite time of year um not even just for you know family friends fun but for football it's great football in november is hard to beat i've said it for weeks now but it uh, it comes at a cost championship weekend is already here with that said college football is already near its end we've got one more weekend and then we've got like half a month until bowl games and then the playoffs and it's over. Football is, I mean, it's over. And the NFL follows pretty pretty soon behind that, which is which is scary. We're already almost through our entire first season of podcasting here. Uh, but don't worry, we don't go away when the season goes away. Um, Hell no. Season's fading though. And that's, that's scary. But beautiful football is here and we're here for it. Um, as bittersweet as it is, we've got a lot of great football to talk from this weekend with you guys tonight. From rivalries to snow battles to big-time MVP caliber comeback wins. Uh, football fans, welcome to Under the Lights, episode 12. I'm your host, Ethan. To my left, that's Joe. To my right, that is Zach, per the usual. Um, we got a great episode for you guys tonight. We're, we're on to episode 12 here. Um... Before we get on to college football, college football is what we talk first half of every episode. Before we get on to that, I want to talk about you and talk to you guys about some format changes. First things first, oh. um, if you enjoyed our uh, one episode of Hoops, forget about it. It's gone. We're not. <laughs> we're we're scrapping. It. We're going to scrap the Hoops podcast at least for a while. We're going to focus on under the lights. We're going to focus on making this product the best we can make it for you guys. We're going to focus on football talk for you guys until, you know, we establish a little bit of something here until we make this the best we can make it for you guys. That said, lives are also done. We're going to still attack two episodes a week, but they'll be in different formats. Monday or Tuesday for you guys, Tuesday at 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. Uh, that'll be the reaction show. We'll react to everything that happened over the weekend. Uh, Thursday night football, Saturday, Sunday, all those games. We'll react to that. Thursday will be more Friday for you guys. We'll be more the prediction show. That's where we'll predict the games for the weekend. We'll do our spread to spread. We'll do our power ratings, all that stuff. That will come Thursday. All of our predictions will come Thursday. Monday slash Tuesday, we just recap what happened over the weekend. That will be the new format for our podcast network here. Um, and those are the changes that we're making going forward. So with that said, before we get started, I got to ask you guys per the usual, scroll down, subscribe, ring the bell so you don't miss another episode. If you're listening over Ding. on podcast, uh, follow it over there. Let us know how you're feeling there. You, I think you can comment there. I think there's love. a little Q&A thing at the bottom. Rate it though. Uh, let us know how you're feeling about the episodes. That's the most important to us for sure. Give us some love. But uh, some with that said, let's get right into college football. Championship games are set, boys. 
championship weekend is it's here. The games are set. Uh, we'll give our you know quick reactions as to the matchups here. We'll predict them Thursday, but. Uh, we got Oregon Washington, the matchup we've wanted a rematch for uh, for a while. We've got Oklahoma State on. Texas. Uh, we kept at least one of Oklahoma Texas out of the out of the big game there, um, but Texas is probably still going to win it. Um, we got Georgia Alabama. Stupid excited for that game. Uh, Michigan Iowa, and then we got Louisville yep. Florida <laughs> State. <laughs> <laughs> Iowa days, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> uh, um, those are those are our matchups. Those are our Power Five matchups. There's not a lot of uh, Group of Five matchups that really <laughs> excite me. Um, but those are our Power Five matchups. Which ones are we most excited for out of these? Uh, I mean, for me, there's there's two that stand out, and it's the Oregon Washington one. I mean, obviously, we've been talking about that one for what four weeks. or five weeks now at this point. Be about six weeks, I think. Yeah, I, and obviously the Georgia-Alabama one does, but honestly the, the one that excites me kind of the second most is that Oklahoma State-Texas one. I, I think this this Texas team comes into this game having a lot more to prove, um, and obviously they come in as like the the odds-on favorite to win this, but I, this I people need to stop sleeping on Oklahoma State. They've looked pretty good. They've got a, they've got a solid offense. Their defense is good, and I, I think they've, they've, they've got a chance in this game, but I – won't spoil anything for Thursday. <laughs> I think we're all very excited, obviously, about the Oregon Washington game. Like, like everybody said so far, I, I think Iowa, you know, just winning that that garbage conference. Congratulations! Um, yep. Get to go into a game against a really good Michigan team. And Jim McCarthy's about to have 400 yards. <laughs> good luck. Um, and also, I do like this Louisville-Florida State matchup. I know I said it last week on on podcast, and I think this Louisville defense can actually do something to this Florida State team. I'd, if Florida State loses, no hope for college football playoff. That that being said, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Louisville yeah. got dropped this weekend for, like, what, the fifth straight time against Kentucky? Um, yeah, that game did not look good for Louisville. They did not look great. My thoughts are obviously Oregon, Washington. Watch out for that game. Um, obviously, we're all stupid excited to see that one. Don't count out a Mike Gundy, Oklahoma State led Oklahoma State team Facts. going in as the last wall against Texas, Oklahoma. Don't count them out for sure. Um, Penn State beat Iowa 31 nothing. Michigan beat Penn State by about three scores. So, you know, anyway. Iowa by 40. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With all that being said, we're, we're not talking Iowa. about Georgia and Alabama. We are not I talking about Georgia, Alabama. A, no. a game, though. I think that's I think the one I'm most excited about. Um, I'm going to be honest. I, I think that's like the one I'm like least excited for. Just because, hear me out. I mean, we're talking we're talking games like we just talked to Michigan beat Penn State, Penn State beat Iowa, Auburn lost to New Mexico State, <laughs> Alabama would literally put up 167 on that, those guys, and then they almost lost to Auburn. All right, we'll talk about the Iron Bowl in a little bit. The Iron Bowl say, is relax, different. Relax, relax. <laughs> the Iron it's Bowl crazy. is just different. Um, I'm just saying. No, Georgia suck. Alabama really excites me. I, there's two things with that Georgia-Alabama game. One, Kirby Smart's got just a ridiculously good team again. This Georgia team yep. 
is dominant in every aspect of the game. And if you listen to Kirby talk about this team, he thinks this is the best team he's ever had because these guys are unselfish. There's not a bona fide stud on that team. There's just not. It's a bunch of guys that want to win football games, and that's what they do. That's exactly what they do. And that team scares me for that reason, that you've got a team full of five-star talent that doesn't care that they're five-star talent. They just want to win football games. That terrifies me. But, you know, you got a really young Nick Saban-led Alabama team. They got a chip on their shoulder. So that game really does excite me as well. Um, I think we could see a lot of blowouts championship weekend. I'm not going to lie. That Oregon-Washington game I think is going to be your closest one. But I I feel like we might see a blowout-packed weekend. But who knows? I, I'm kind of thinking the same thing. I, these games are either going to be blowouts or, or really they're going to be like no or like last second window field goal. Like it's, no in between. That's what it's going to be. Or it's going to come down to like a punt and the guy muffs it and then they get lucky on another touchdown. But I, it never happened before, so maybe <laughs> maybe not that one. Let's uh, let's talk <laughs> let's, let's talk Michigan Ohio State. Uh, Michigan Michigan won their third straight against Ohio State this weekend. There are Michigan seniors who will have who will get to raise their children saying they never lost a game to Ohio State because 2020 the game That's got absurd. canceled for COVID. So there are Michigan seniors who can say they never lost to Ohio State. Uh they won on a late game interception, 130 to 24. Um we're really we're really not here to talk Michigan though. Michigan, you know, they're going to beat Iowa, they're likely going to the playoff. Congrats. They're probably going to get a one or two seed. We can we can expect that now. Ryan Day has lost three straight to Michigan. He's now lost one to Michigan against a backup coach. He's now lost one to Michigan with what many think is his best Ohio State team. I argue that because last year was very good. Is uh, We'll get to our second question. First question, is Ryan Day on the hot seat? I want to hear your thoughts before I give you guys his record. Yo, I'll, I'll let you go more. I don't. I don't know Ryan Day's history as much. We're talking about a guy who got handed the job after Urban Meyer led this Ohio State Buckeye team to a national championship, multiple college football appearances, winning a bunch of ball games, beating Michigan every year, whether it was in the Big House or in the Horseshoe, did not matter. Ryan Day is not having the same success as his predecessor, Urban Meyer. And, you know, that's okay. You know, he's still winning a bunch of ball games. He's He has his bad games like Urban does against, you know, pretty m- middle-of-the-pack teams. But if you can't get over the hump with a team like this where you actually have a defense that actually can play, Who's to say mm-hmm. that next year maybe Kyle McCord's going to you know develop more and uh, Travion Henderson's obviously going to be there still and maybe the defense still progresses. You give him another year, maybe you know we'll see something out of him. But he hasn't won in the college football playoff. I, I definitely think I definitely think he's on the hot seat for sure. Like dude, dude's seat is sizzling hot. I, even if, even if he's won I, ten games a year, does not matter. Jordy, how, how what what temperature are we talking? All right. Oh, let like, me okay. Let, let me give let, 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 let me give you guys. Temper. No, temper. I understand fully what you're saying. Play. I'm going to give you both sides of the coin here. Settle down. Settle Ryan down. Day is 55 and eight at Ohio State. Uh, three of his losses obviously are to Michigan. 
the rest of them pretty much are in the playoffs. He's one season removed from being on the wrong side of a last second touchdown from being in the national championship. Um, this, and he probably would have been a national champion last year because they went and played TCU, but either way. So you can look at that two different ways. You can look at that two different ways. You can say, how could you fire this guy? How could you assume that the grass is greener on the other side? How could you get rid of a guy who is 55 and 8? Or you can look at it on the other side of the coin. One, this is how important this rivalry is to Ohio State. You've lost three straight. Two, you can't win the big ones. All of your losses are where it matters most. Congrats. You're beating up on the Big Ten West. You're beating up on lesser Big Ten opponents. You're winning your preseason games. You can't win where it matters. And at the same time, you've lost three straight to the team your school hates has dominated for years and years yeah, i don't and think years. there's a hotter seat in college football i agree that's where i'm at right now with i ryan couldn't day. agree more i couldn't agree more that's where Big i'm at right now with ryan yeah of a conference especially if you're on a team like the ohio state buckeyes they literally get to call themselves that <laughs> they do he gets to call himself the head coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes, and I don't know if he really like deserves that title right now. To be one hundred percent honest with you, not knowing as much as the history of college football because I didn't watch it beforehand. Admittedly, I say he's gone. Get him out of there. <laughs> Zach says he's gone. I like that. I just think people <laughs> just need to understand. People need to understand two things. They call themselves the Ohio State for a reason. They are there to compete nationally clearly they're not um two the importance of the game that is the biggest rivalry in college football you gotta win that one you cannot lose three straight in that game michigan was losing coach after coach after coach they brought in harbaugh to win the game he's doing great he couldn't couldn't do it for like three four years exactly now it's ohio state's turn to get rid of their guy strike back. That's just how these two teams operate. Even if they don't win natties, at the end of the day, that's their Super Bowl. Ryan Day is gone. I don't see a world where Ryan Day is not coaching at a different university after this season, but I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Um, Pac-12 title game is set. This is the one we want to talk about. I know that for sure. Uh, the, uh, The odds might surprise you a little bit. Washington Survived a scare this weekend to beat Washington State on a game-winning field goal, 24-21. I don't know what if y'all game. saw the clip. Michael that Penix Jr., game. he couldn't watch the final kick. His head was, was in the phone booth. Um, with Oregon's rivalry win over Oregon State, the game set. The game we wanted to see was set. Uh, what's crazy, Oregon is favored in this matchup by nine points. On a neutral site, Ducks are favored by nine. I'm going to say it. I like it. I'm cool with it. I think this Oregon is the hottest team in the country. I think that, well, no, that's not true. I think Georgia is, but I think Oregon, they're Let cooking. me Let me piggyback off that, though. You're saying they're the hottest team in the country. Bo Nix has 22 touchdowns in his last five games. Uh, Oregon is giving up under 20 points per game since the Washington game, which is some of the best in the country at defensive production. They have the highest graded offensive line in the country. They're first in passing production, second in scoring, and seventh in scoring defense. Oregon quite possibly is the hottest team in the country since that Washington loss. I, I, yeah. 
I don't want to say it either, but more further for Oregon, Michael Penix Jr., since the Oregon game, has significantly been putting up lesser numbers, not as flashy big plays, not playing as well against, you know, defenses he should be shredding like he did Oregon. You know, he put up a really good game against Bo Nix and what was, you know, at the time, the battle between, like, the top two of the top three guys on the Heisman race. Now, Michael Penix Jr. has definitely fallen off, but that doesn't, like, Washington still won every ball game, like, this year. They still won won every ball game that they played this year. Yeah. Still walked into, you know, the championship. That being said, I completely agree with both of you. Don't yeah. be surprised when when this game Oregon out of hand. Just fucking. Um, <laughs> I could I could definitely see a block here, but um, and I could also see a down to the wire game. Something that stands out for me that I saw with this game, um, Washington since that Oregon game, their run production has gone from seventieth in the country to a hundred and fifty fifth. Their run defense has gone from, I think, around the 60s to, again, that 150 range. So both sides of the run game have just fallen off a cliff. Like you said, Penix Jr. has not been putting up Heisman numbers since that game. This offensive line, not only are they hurt, but they're currently one of the worst in pass production in the country. Oregon's going to eat that up. I think Vegas is on to something with this nine-point favoritism here. I really yeah, do. That's the other thing I was gonna I was gonna say is like the other thing is like the Washington's defense not only has Penix fall off, but the defense is also falling. I mean, if you look at how they were playing against that Oregon team, like they're not gonna give up twenty one points to Washington State if no. they're playing like that. And like sure twenty one points doesn't seem like a lot, but twenty one points against an Oregon uh, if Oregon puts up twenty one points and their defense plays the way they're playing, they're not be Oregon can put up twenty one and win that game by ten. Yeah. The biggest thing to me is Oregon has seen progression. Washington has seen regression. And that is not what you want to see in November about that regression, out of maybe. Washington. Predictions will come Thursday. But I think we're all on the same page with this game with as of right now. Said Washington by 40. <laughs> I think we're all on the same page as far as this game goes right now. Zach, let's talk about that Iron Bowl. That you that you <laughs> that you were mentioning before, Iron Bowl never lets us down. Never lets us down. Uh, Auburn's gonna yeah, win the football I, game. I, it ain't the only thing that's came out of this rivalry. Crazy games happen left and right. No matter what Auburn team is on the field, no matter what Alabama team's on the on the field, this game's crazy. Two years ago, this was double overtime. Auburn won it. Um, last year, I think it came down to a crazy play as well. Three years ago, Alabama blew them out. And Alabama's won this game like eight of the last ten. But it's always a stupidly crazy game for no reason. Um, and I think we slept on that a little bit going into our predictions for this game last week. But regardless, trash. Um, Alabama won 27-24 on one of the craziest plays we've seen this season. Um, Bama had the ball first and goal at the Auburn seven. Uh, fumbled snap. Lost some 18 yards, followed by an illegal forward pass. Did we see the illegal forward pass, by the way? Yeah. This dude was yes. like four yards over the line. Three, yeah, four <laughs> yards downfield <laughs> on the ball. Now yeah, you got fourth and 31. Did. Fourth and 31 or fourth and 32. I think it was fourth and 31. But either it, was way. Thir- it was 31. Okay, fourth and 31. 
And here's here's my gripe. Auburn, if you... This was my first thought on this play. Auburn, if you are going to rush two guys and refuse to get any pressure on a play like this, maybe your prevent defense should be good enough to not give up a dime like that in the back of the end zone. That was nuts. It was dang near. It was was a ball, but it was dang near uncontested. Could he have defended that much better? Not really, because that ball was perfectly placed. Yeah. But come on, you've got. 10 of your 11 defenders in the end zone. How is that guy one-on-one? Yeah. Anyway. If, if, if I'm being honest, I, I think you you got to rush. Like This might sound crazy, but you got to rush at least four guys. Why three, not? Three, four guys. They're, they only sent four on routes. The others yeah. are decoys. Why just, are you not on. putting a... Why are you not and getting a pass the rush guys, in there? Just put them in the end zone. Yeah. Who, who cares if they get a 10-yard little slant and then do the pitching and throwing it backwards and juking. It's worked one time, and that was in Miami. <laughs> but four guys on the ten yard line and four guys on the goal line. Yes. And then get and some, be like, get hey, some if an Alabama defender gets behind you, your scholarship is gone. <laughs> yeah. There is no reason you let up that touchdown. Um, we have any concern for Alabama after this game? I. First and foremost, I say no, because again, this is the Iron Bowl. Uh, We've seen what Alabama's done in the last five, six weeks of football. They've looked great in November, as they should. The Iron Bowl tripped them up a little bit, but they were on the better side of history this time. They got it done, and that's what matters. It is hard to win football games. It is hard to be 11-1 going into championship weekend, but here they are, or 10-1 going into championship weekend, but here they are. I was going to say, we could have had a completely different narrative had Jalen Milrow not placed that ball precisely where it needed to be. Like, Alabama could have easily lost this ball game at the end of the, at the, end of the day, and they didn't. They so didn't. now we get to see a really good Georgia team play a really good young Alabama team and have a good SEC championship. That we All I'm going to say is I could have caught that punt. <laughs> okay. I could have caught that punt. <laughs> Uh, technically, by the way, Alabama should have won that game by even more because there was a near pick six at the end, but he decided to run out of bounds. Mm-hmm. But either way, um, I I don't discount Alabama because the Iron Bowl effect is real. That's that's what college football fans need to understand is that game is always going to be nutty. Um, always. With with that said, um, I'm gonna say it kind of disappointed me. I wanted to see a blowout. I wanted to see Alabama just prove that they're one of the best teams in the country and just kind of hand it to them. <laughs> what but the what whatever. the Iron Bowl proves to me is that all rivalries should be played the last week of the college football season. That I will agree with. As an Iowa State fan, this is not me saying Iowa State would beat Iowa if we played at the end of November. I don't know what the outcome would be. Would it be a little different? Maybe. Would we still be down in this series by like 40 games? Probably. But either way, I think better football games happen in the month of November than in the second week of the season. I think all rivalries should be played this late in the season. And the Seahawks, about the only one that's not. But you would, I mean, if you think about it, like, like Iowa Nebraska is also a really big rivalry game, and that's also Big Ten. True. So like, it's tough to replace that one in rivalry weekend for sure. And, 
and like the past few years, I, I think I could argue that the Nebraska-Iowa game has been better than the Iowa-Iowa State game. They've both been really good, but the Iowa-Nebraska game, bro, they had a backup kicker. We don't have this on here, but they backup kicker came in and kicked a game-winning field goal for his first ever field goal in college football. That was a that's mallard easy. of a kick. That's a, you, that's a bold strategy. Do you still think that that would be a good game if Nebraska played them at the beginning of the year, though? No. Like, if they flipped it. If no, they flipped Nebraska it, like, sucks at the beginning of the year, and Iowa usually plays good but, at the beginning of the year for but some that's reason. the point. They like, don't play good. Iowa just plays football. Iowa just plays such a, such a simple system that they don't need yes. five weeks to get going. It's the same thing every single year. All right, guys. Run right, run left, run right, punt. Great. Hey, defense. one of the best in the country. Defense, do your thing. I mean, that's... Defense, do what you got to do. Give up a 65-yard touchdown to Chubba Purdy. Why not? Huh? That's Iowa football right there. But um, I don't know. I, hey, think, I think if it's possible, any, if not all, rivalries should be played late in the season. But, I, Zach, I you raise agree. a very good point. Replacing the Heroes game with the Cyhawk would be a hard one to get done for sure. Um, with that said, Texas A&M's hiring journey is is finally over. Um, I don't know if you guys saw a lot of this in the news this weekend. Uh, Mike Elko was not, not the first candidate. Mark Stoops from Kentucky was the first candidate. They had the dude all but hired. The deal was done. He had even like partially announced something, but then the donors and the people on Twitter bullied them out of it. (laughs) Literally <laughs> threatened to take money away. Said they like they don't want him as their coach. Twitter was blowing up. It took like 15 minutes. This dude's name was trending in a negative way. About 20 minutes later, Texas A&M said they're not hiring Mark Stoops. And the next morning, Mike Elko's name was brought up. And Mike Elko has now, I believe, signed his contract. So Mike Elko will be the next coach at Texas A&M. Um, is this the right hire for Texas A&M? I am. Um, what did what did what did my guy Mark Stoops do? I. What did okay. he do? Why? <laughs> he pissed off some fans, man. Stoops is the winningest head coach in Kentucky history, as much as that's worth to you. But the winningest coach in Kentucky history is seventy three and sixty four. Winning it's, record. It's not like he's doing a ton. Granted, Kentucky was not a football school. He came in and he's had very he's had ten very good football seasons by Kentucky standards. Put him in a place like Texas AM where they've got infinite resources. Maybe he can do something. But Mike Elko is that story, but a little bit better. The dude came to Duke, who in the three seasons prior to Elko had ten wins combined. Um, and he came into Duke two seasons, went 16 and nine. They went to back-to-back bowl games, something they hadn't been to in like eight years. Now they're going back to back. Um, I think Elko, he's a very good coach fundamentally. Um, I don't know how well he necessarily recruits. He's more of a, a training type coach. He's more of a development type coach. But, you know, you put him in Texas A&M's facilities, not only is he going to develop those guys, he's going to continue to possibly use those infinite resources to recruit who he needs to recruit to win games. I still think you could have went for a much bigger name at Texas A&M, but maybe a big name is not what that school needs. I don't know. I don't know. I I like the Elko hire. I'll, I'll I'll leave it at that. I like the Elko hire. 
I like what he did at Duke. I like the potential of what he could do at Texas A&M. He's a lower name for sure, but bring him in there with the resources A&M has. Let him cook a little bit. See what he can do. Maybe a big name is not what Texas A&M wants this time around. Especially after this whole Jimbo Fisher, you know, escapade that has mm-hmm. been happening for how many years? Um, I think fresh blood is just exactly what needs to happen, and I tested it. Texas A&M. I think a new culture. They just they just need to start competing again in the SEC, and this, you know, Mike Elko could be that guy. They gave Jimbo a blank plaque, man. They gave that dude a blank plaque and said, "Here's for your national championship." That's how big of a dude, name him, he was give coming him back in. Johnny Manziel, dude. Elko ain't getting any blank plaques. He's going to come in and he's no. going to get right to business. But Elko also notoriously isn't going to take shit from the donors. And that that tends to be a problem at A&M because A&M is donors. That is, that is who is going to be in his back pocket. That's who it's going to be in his ears at all times telling him what to do. I don't know how well he'll take that because notoriously he doesn't. But we'll see. Um, That said... Texas A&M, get out of here. Let's talk Snowmageddon. Um, Farmageddon plus snow equals Snowmageddon. What a beautiful game, man. What a beautiful what game. What a game. What a I, uh, game. I don't think there's any real way in words to explain this game, so let me just give you numbers instead. ISU ran two. Count them. You can count them on one hand. Just two plays in Kansas State territory, but scored 42 points. That's their second highest offensive production of the season. ISU ran just 35 plays to Kansas State's 102. K-State compiled 32 first downs to ISU's 10. Uh, The Wildcats had 42 minutes of possession to 17 minutes. And uh, ISU (laughs) averaged 13.9 yards per game. Um, Let's take a guess who won that game. <laughs> Iowa State won that game. <laughs> 42 to 35. Had touchdowns oh of what? 76, 71, 68, 65, something like that. Well, it was in those ranges. Know, but 71, 73, 76. Like, my I don't goodness. Know how to say the running back eight, game, but he had what? Abu Sama? Yeah, he had what three runs for like 150 some yards, 190 some, I believe. Well, yeah, yeah. his three runs were that, yes, but his total, on yes, the days, yeah, did, yeah, 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 that's absurd. That is insane. That is insane. Flashes of Brees Hall running it for a touchdown on the very first play from scrimmage against K State. Uh, looks like Matt Campbell's got another great one there. Uh, that like dude, that dude is a running back factory. I would love to call. Iowa State running back you right now, but it's tough to not give that credit to anybody but Matt Campbell. That dude has been a factory for running backs. He produced two of them at Toledo. I don't remember who the second one was, but Kareem, also Kareem had, Hunt came out of Toledo. Um, he also had like, I mean, he had, was he there for David Montgomery? Yeah, but that wasn't really his. Hmm. But either six, way. He had David Montgomery and Brees Hall then. Yeah, David then, Montgomery, Brees Hall. He's probably going to have Sama. We'll see, obviously. He's a freshman. What, how, but how do you say his name? Abu his name? Sama. Abu Abu. How many more can Abu do? That was the best call. That was the best call of the night. Okay, that's that's silly. I love that one. I mean, let's, it was awesome. Hey, the announcers time, had maybe, fun maybe with that game. Time, shout let's, out let's to shelf the, that one. Let's shelf that one. Shout out to the announcers <laughs> of that game, back. dude. They were presented one of the craziest games of the year, and they it had so fun cool. with they, it. And they did. They did really good. They did really I was, well. I was at a uh, twenty-one and older uh, bar. Okay, I'm an adult, <laughs> and I uh, was watching that game and. Being where we are, people were going nuts. 
I don't doubt that at all. Um, the elements just make football games so much better. I mean, that was a beautiful was, game. That not not a Big no, it was game though. Not a typical Big Twelve game. No, and where it you was, usually see dominated by defense and hard hard battles and one in the mm-hmm. trenches. This was a shootout and it was fun. High scoring, you know how hard per usual, it is but to play defense and in snow. the snow. You got to think the offensive player is always five steps ahead of you. They know where you're going. You don't know where, or they know where they're going. You have no idea where they're going, which is true, true. at all times. But now you're in the snow. The and thing the that's snow. crazy about that is like they had. Uh, obviously a, a literal bucket of snow was being dumped on the field every <laughs> half a second. And K-State still threw it for like 45, like 45 times and had like 300 or 250 yeah. some yards. That's what was that frustrating me. He, I, he, he was kind of balling. That's what, what was frustrating. Will Howard. He, Will he, Howard, yeah. Will Howard. Will I knew Howard. Will was, he, he, was, just transferred. he was doing all right. He just transferred he this afternoon. Right. Um, He's a he's Crazy. a grad transfer. He's already a senior, so he just got one more Boom. year. He was a super senior. Yeah, he was. And Rocco Beck was just putting numbers on his head. <laughs> Settle down. Settle down. Rocco Beck didn't have that many yards. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he, had, he did. He had like 300 yards, three touchdowns. What are you talking about? He ended up having 300 yards. He, he had, had big plays was, too. Oh, yards. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he had like eight completions. That's what I was yeah, saying. I was yep. like, yeah. in my head, in my head, <laughs> thinking he had eight completions, I was like, there's no he way probably he had like, He yards, probably had like 200 some yards, not 300. But yards. I was going to say, because I looked at it and he was like, he was he was at like like three of six or something like that three of five. Three and of his completions equaled out to be like 170 yards. <laughs> Which I do is remember, nuts. In, in my defense, remember where I was. So in my defense. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, dude was just like eight a, for twelve, two hundred thirty yards, yeah. three touchdowns. A drop down slant that was a ten yard, twelve yard route goes the distance. That's been our dude, bread and butter like, all season, dog. Kind of deep, like deep ball down the sideline. Tyreek Hill. That <laughs> That's been our bread and butter all season. Is that little play action slant there? But I'm sorry, Joe, I didn't mean that. I love you. Hey, Tyreek Hill's a dog. <laughs> Snow games are beautiful, dude. Open up. That, that was a fun game. That was a fun game. Open up the Georgia Dome or whatever they call that in Atlanta. Let it snow in Atlanta. Obviously, that's not going to happen. But let it. I was saying, not gonna happen. And let Georgia Alabama be a snow game. In fact, bring them you to like Iowa. That. Bring them to Iowa. Bring them to Iowa. Bring them to, well, that game they was can, in Manhattan, wasn't it? They, I don't know. Yeah, I it was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> well, I guess I, yeah, never mind. I know they can come play at Valley Stadium. Bring them to Iowa. That's what I want to see. Let's get to – that's college football. That's college football. Let's get to halfway heaters. One it's second. back. It's back. We got two hot takes this week, and they're hot. They are yeah, this, hot. That first hot. crazy. But – before we get to those, I want to ask you guys if you've made it to this point. Again, subscribe. You know, let us let us know how you're feeling about the episode. Interact down below. We want to interact with you guys. We'll comment back. We'll, we'll show you some love. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, you've made it to this point. Follow over there as well. Uh, give us yeah, a yeah. rating. Let give us know how you're feeling. Let's, uh, let's get to halfway heaters. Halfway heaters is uh, the halfway point in the episode before we get into NFL. We're going to rate your guys' hot takes, the fans. You guys, you leave them down below uh, or you send them to us directly, which is where most of these come from because you guys are scared. What are you scared for in the comments? Anyway. Yeah, what are you scared? We got two takes and they are scorching today. Uh, We're going to rate these real quick. First one, this will be the first college football playoff without an SEC team. Here's where it's possible. Michigan beats it's Iowa. They literally plane crash. Michigan beats Iowa. 
Washington beats Oregon, and FSU beats Louisville. Those are your first three teams in. Without a doubt, they'd be 12-0 and conference champs. You cannot deny them a playoff appearance. Then Alabama has to beat Georgia. Obviously, two of those three first matchups are already tough, but then Alabama has to beat Georgia. If Alabama beats Georgia and Texas beats Oklahoma State, Texas and Alabama would suddenly be the argument for the next spot. Texas at 11 and 1, Alabama at 11 and 1, Texas beat Alabama earlier in the season. So your playoffs would then be Michigan probably at the 1, Washington at the 2. I feel like they would probably put Texas at the 3 and Florida State at the 4. That's not a bad shout. Now that you're reading off some it's things. It's not. It is wild. But. There's a lot that has to happen. I wouldn't parlay this if you held a gun to my head. But, <laughs> but. it's not out of the realm of possibility. But what's crazy is would they really keep out in an 11-1 Georgia team? If they don't win their championship game, you don't have a choice because Texas and Alabama did. That's their precedent is you win that championship game. I'm, I'm, it's still scalding hot, like it on is fire. Definitely my, scalding it's on, hot. It's, I was thinking it's on, like, like getting thrown in volcano hot. Now it's yeah. like you're standing on the edge, kind of teetering, about to fall. Now, <laughs> now, you're, just, thinking. now you're just sweating because the village people are about to sacrifice you. You haven't fallen yeah, in that's, yet, that's but you're up there like, for they're, sure. they're, they're climbing the hill with the pitchforks. They just haven't made it all the way. Yet. <laughs> I, still, um, I still think this is just the this take is on fire. Like, oh, absolutely. It's, uh, if that if that all happens, if that all happens, you know it's what? a guarantee. This take is one hundred percent correct. If that all happens, whoever whoever sent the power to them, you know, <laughs> they power deserve something. Uh, that is an electric take because it is not out of the realm of possibility. But a lot of great college football games have to happen for that to be a possibility. So I mean, I'm That's here for crazy. it. I'm all here for that. Because that means we get an electric game out of Florida State, Louisville. We get the best game of the year out of Washington, Oregon. And Michigan beats Iowa. Um, and then Texas yeah, beats Oklahoma be- State. And then we have Alabama upsetting Georgia. I mean, that's an electric weekend of college football. I'm all here for that. Do I think it's going to happen? No. That is a, a million out of ten hot take right there. But not out of the realm of possibility. I don't hate it. I love this next one. I love this next one. CJ Stroud will make a Super Bowl on his rookie deal. He's got three years left. He's not making it this year, obviously. I don't even know if they'll end up making playoffs, but he's got three years left. And here was the basis for this take. Uh, Stroud's got three more years. He's got young wide receivers who I know, Zach, you say are not up to par, but he clicks with them. He loves his receivers. I was not saying they were up no, to I par. No, I get you. I, get I was you. not saying they aren't up to par. I'm saying they weren't, and he has made them. He's got young receivers who he clicks with, just clicks with. Um, he's got a serviceable defense. They're not great, but they can be improved upon to where they would be significantly better. They have eight draft picks this year and currently four for next season. So they've got stock to work with and they have a, not only do they have a favorable division, depending on how the Jags are playing football, their scheduling as of lately is favorable enough to fight for that one to three seed. If they're having a good season, if they win five or six games this year, they're going to have a stupidly favorable season or schedule next year to where they could fight for that higher seed, just simply based off of beating lesser teams. I, I think this one is scalding as well. 
because this is a very young team. What I think this take comes down to front office and coaching staff. The leaders yep. on this team have to be up to championship par. I don't know if that is currently feasible for the Texans. I, I is it D'Amico Ryan's? Is that yeah? I think that pretty pretty confident that's true. I, I like him. I think I think he's got he's smart. He's he's a good coach. He he knows how to coach an offense. I think the defense needs a little work. I defense is it's solid. It's not Super Bowl caliber, but I mean, dude, CJ Shroud, he might be one of my favorite quarterbacks right now in the NFL. Obviously, he's behind my guy Jared Goff. I'll stand behind him till the day I die. <laughs> but man, you know, he is fun. You know and who Tank uh, scary? You know who Kurt Warner calls the best two quarterbacks in the NFL right now? The two quarterbacks who he believes are playing the best football. He puts CJ Stroud at number one, and he puts Brock Purdy at number two. Those are the two quarterbacks he thinks, in his eyes, are playing the best, most consistent football right now. And we're talking about guys who are in their rookie year slash, you know, like second year in yeah. the league. Like, like that's crazy. Now, granted, after the two weeks Jalen Hurts just had, that's a tough argument. <laughs> um, Bro, his his overtime touchdown, we'll talk about it in a minute, but his overtime touchdown screwed me in fantasy. <laughs> I put up like 52 points this week, so <laughs> not too great there. Um, but no, uh, scalding hot take. <laughs> I, 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 don't, just, I don't hate it. I, I think if they can get a couple pieces on defense, we are talking serious contenders. I mean, they're already competing. Granted, the AFC South is a lackluster division, but they're already competing with a team that every a seven and three team that everyone's thinking is the, like the next coming of the prime Patriots. Yeah. And which I don't like. I don't like Trevor Lawrence, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but I mean, they they were a couple blown penalties away from winning that game. They had some, there were some bad penalties in that game that they, they very easily could have won that game. Yeah. Shot themselves in the foot a little bit. There, I, I, we can't discount the Colts in the South. Really? Like we got As Anthony recent, Richardson coming, coming back yeah. next year. Like yeah. if the dude the can Jonathan stay healthy. Taylor's been playing, yeah. I, I'm discounting it with Gardner Minshew being in there. Cause I don't think they can, I don't think they can compete with Gardner Minshew. Fair enough. And I, Fair I'm enough. not gonna lie. I can't even, oh, the t- well, Titans. You know, they look. They look. You know what? All this week, dude. All four of these teams have really good young quarterbacks and young teams. Yeah. So this they division might chance. just this division might just be a powerhouse in the next few years. But it very we'll well could be. I um, heard a. I heard a. Uh, I think I was watching ESPN, and they were comparing like NFL teams to NBA teams, and the Texans. The big comparison was to um, the Thunder. And if you think about it, it's pretty accurate. Young, young core, talented young core. Obviously, the Texans are a little bit better than what the Thunder are right now. But well, Thunder are actually solid. But they have the draft picks. They have the coaching. They, you know, I don't need it. Who's their Josh Giddy? Anyway, let's talk Cowboys. <laughs> um, Cowboys have won five of their last six. Are the Cowboys playing the best football? You can put them in the thumbnail. Are the- are the Cowboys playing the best football as of Holy right now? CD <laughs> yes. Lamb. CD Lamb is the, the number one graded wide receiver in the last six weeks. Since that comment he made that he's the best receiver in the NFL and we clowned him. He's proved it every single week. That is wild to me. Um Cowboys have a two hundred thirteen to one hundred and two point margin in the last six games. 
Here's my problem with the Cowboys, and here's my problem with the Cowboys every year, is their losses are to the Eagles and 49ers. To the two championship contending teams they've played, they have gotten blown out. Um, the last time I can remember the Cowboys really competing against teams like that is when Zeke was in his prime and this team was the scariest team in the NFL for 11 weeks of a season. But beyond that, this team every single year, their struggle is when they get to that big game, they cannot get over the hump. And I love this team. I love what Dak is doing. That dude might be also one of the he best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. He's playing some incredible saying. football. Um but I just this team just can never compete in those big games. I mean, that's very true, but I mean, what this team is doing, they've got an I I an MVP uh Candidate um, for sure. Hopeful in, thank you. That's what I was looking for. In Dak Prescott, they got C.D. Lamb, who's looking like he could be an offensive player of the year for sure. And they've got Duran Blanche, who's looking like he can be defensive player of the year. He's got more touchdowns than some of the what best receivers. Bland, Bland, yes. Making He's got more history. touchdowns than some of the best NFL receivers right now. There are like there are several elite corners, Hall of Fame corners who never surpassed five pick sixes in their entire career, much less two or three. And this dude's got five in a season. Talk about a ball hawk, dude. That is crazy. Not to mention, they're also doing this without their one of their other best corners mm-hmm. in Trayvon Diggs. That defense well, is scary. That's been the whole reason why Deron Bland has been getting thrown yeah. the ball. Yeah. He, he's he's stepping been up. Saying, All right, we're going to like throw at this guy. And he says... Go ahead. <laughs> Do, it. Me. Do it. See Do what it. happens. I'm returning one, it for a touchdown. One other thing I want to point out about the Cowboys is their three losses. Cardinals, I'm I'm ruling that one out because that was just a very bad game. Yeah. They didn't play well. 49ers also another really bad game. And the Eagles, Eagles, they competed. They lost by five. That was a really good game. Those three games have all been on the road. That's where I think they need to step up the most. Right now on at home, they're averaging 41 points. Yeah. That's absurd. And the they're Cowboys, shutting teams down to less than 20 points from what I'm I've, I they've had yeah, nobody at home has scored over 20 points on them. You want to talk about the dangers of going to Seattle? You want to talk about the dangers of Arrowhead? Jerry talk World about going to Jerry World is a hard place to win a football game. Those people, those fans are nuts, and they play good football there. They just do. When, Jer- if, if, when Jerry's watching, you the, perform. If they get the one seed, I, NFC I, needs to be scared. I will say this, though. I agree with Ethan. Like This Cowboys team is looking like a lot of the same Cowboys teams from old where they win convincing games during the regular season. They have a bunch of wins, and then when it gets to – Actually, needing to win the big one, they they don't they don't pull it out. Yeah, which you know in the past I feel like it's been a lot of like coaching problems. Like Jason Garrett wasn't the guy. No, plain and simple, Jason Garrett wasn't the guy. Can Mike McCarthy get over that hump with this Cowboys team? I would like to see that honestly, because Mike McCarthy is like still one of the best head coaches and. You know, he got ran out of Green Bay and, you know, all this other stuff. Wasn't wasn't competing. Wasn't doing what Mike McCarthy does as a head coach. Now, back with another team in Dallas who is completely behind this guy. Like, they, they love Mike McCarthy in Dallas right now. And rightfully so. 
but I agree. I think he has to get over that hump. I think the defense has to show up against these teams that can really just score offensively, just like how their offense can just score at this point. Yeah. Like Kellen Moore, their OC is he's he's smart. He knows what he's he doing. He wasn't. He, he, he was he there no more. Pardon? He's in. <laughs> uh, he's in uh, L.A. He's in L.A. You're right. You're right. You're right. You know who doesn't know what they're doing? Speaking of coaches and L.A. coaches, <clears throat> Brandon Staley, get out before <laughs> yeah. you ruin Justin Herbert's career. That's. Yes. I was. Yes, I was looking ahead. Yes. Yes. At a charges <laughs> thing. Um. Yeah. Kellen Moore did play for Dallas. He was quarterback. And he was the quarterback's coach, and then he was the OC for like a handful of years. Yep. Listen, I'll I'll tie it to college football. It took Kirby Smart a while to get over that hump of Alabama, but when he did, he never looked back. Them Cowboys get over the hump of the good teams in the NFL. That's a team with the weapons, with the money, with the pieces to never, ever look back. So like Zach said, watch out for them. I don't know if it's a year, but watch out for them. Another team With to kind of watch out for right With now. With old that being said, Eagles by 40. Denver Broncos have uh, <laughs> they've won five straight now. I didn't know if we'd revisit it this week, but we're going to revisit it this week. They're now tied for the active longest winning streak in the NFL with the Eagles at five straight. Uh, they've just put up 30 points, 29 technically, on the NFL's best defense in the Browns. Uh, not only that, their offense is putting up 300-plus yards per game right now. Um in this five-game stretch, obviously. Uh, their defense is forcing three and a half turnovers per game, and their turnover margin in the last five is plus nine. That is insane. This defense is finally starting to do what it's supposed to do. This Broncos team right now, to me, they still don't look scary. I'm not going to use that word with the Denver Broncos, but they've got a favorable enough schedule going forward that this team could sneak into that playoff picture. They're still not even in it yet. Uh, if the if the season were to end today, they're still not in the playoffs. But, you know, keep winning games like they are, and they could sneak into that wild card spot. Um, does the streak continue against the Texans? They go on the road to take on the Texans this weekend. Does the Broncos' streak continue? <laughs> Last week we talked about the Detroit Lions. And how I was saying that I'm not worried about any games on the schedule except for Dallas. Mm-hmm. This Denver Broncos one is is one that I have it has now been starting to make me a little more nervous, especially with the way their defense is playing and the way Detroit's offense is playing. Not talking about Detroit. I don't think the streak continues in Houston because CJ Stroud does not turn the ball over. He has faced good defenses and he has True. he has shown that he is going to ball out no matter who he's playing against. I, I think it stops. I think it's going to be one of the best games this weekend. Um, and, like, that's definitely a game you definitely need to tune into because it's going to be – I think it's going to be a good shootout game. But I think Texas Texans have the edge with C.J. Shroud. That being said, like that. watch out for Denver. Watch out for Denver. As much as I hate to say it, this uh, – this, this Broncos team has been looking good pretty recently. And uh, Russell Wilson's been <laughs> putting up a bunch of yards. Jerry Judy's finally looking like a, a good wide receiver again. Uh, 
thing. I love their running back. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to skirt around it. Javante Williams is one of the best running backs in the league. He's, he's doing he's hooping. And he will continue to show that. I, I'll, li- I'll live and die on that hill. That's a, that's a hooper. But I, I, you know, I don't want him. I don't want him in there. I don't want him to I, quit winning ball games. Joe, don't worry. I'm looking at your remaining schedule, and uh, the Chiefs. We don't play them. They don't. We already, they no, twice. I know you don't play we them. You also twice. don't play anybody. So anybody. don't worry about it. You should be all right. You should win the division just fine. Anybody. Um, they don't play nobody. <laughs> and the Broncos got a pretty tough one coming up this weekend. I also think the Texans could end that Broncos streak because at the end of the day. You know, peel back the layers. It's still the Broncos. They're playing they very, lost. very good they, right now. Got seventy points put up. On. We've seen the ugly side of the Broncos. That side is still there. Like Zach said, C.J. Stroud does not turn the ball over. He he just doesn't. The kid's smart. He delivers a very good football. Play calling is in his favor enough to where he's not put in a position where he has to throw a ton of them. Dude throws a beautiful ball though. Um. I I just don't see that same game happening for the Broncos this weekend. Um, a lot of their wins recently, you know, they're the Chiefs game. They forced five turnovers. Like that's a tough, that's a tough one to stomach if you're the Chiefs. I don't think they do you that. Talk about that one again. Hang on, before we get, we are not Joey going we back. We're not going back. <laughs> Five weeks right now. About that game. We're not going back five weeks I, right now. I can't say anything, bro. We just lost I, the I think the Texans. I'm sorry, Joe, I didn't I put Jordan Love in this episode, by the way. But that dude is, <laughs> that dude is balling right now. Hey, we're not talking about that trash can anyway. of a human being. Not <laughs> whoa, human being, Jeff quarterback. Well, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. He's not a bad human. <laughs> I like Jordan Love a lot, but either way, um. I don't know. I think the Texans could beat them, but let's uh, let's talk about the Eagles. I like to throw this in here at the at the end of episodes just to see what your guys' thoughts are on the Eagles. You know, um, I'm gonna start crying. They uh, they won <laughs> they won an overtime thriller this weekend against the Buffaloes to Buffalo Bills. Jesus, to Buffaloes. advance to <laughs> the Buffaloes to advance to Dude, ten and Colorado. one. Uh, Jalen Hurts five touchdown day propels the Eagles past the Bills along with a QB scramble game winning touchdown. Josh Allen is now zero and six in overtime games in his this career. Is, this is the first overtime game that he's gotten the ball first. Still lost. Um, <laughs> shouldn't have. Shouldn't what are have. what are our thoughts Dave on the game? Through. What are our thoughts on the game? Uh, fantastic game. Uh, I wish. Gabe Davis wouldn't have thrown and ran his correct route and scored a touchdown and won in overtime, so I didn't lose in fantasy because of a yeah. Jalen Hurts twenty yard touchdown run at the end. Josh Allen was a hundred percent in the right there though. Like oh, 100%. and the announcers like, even said if, it. In that situation, he should have gone inside. Just yeah. turn your head and the ball is there. If if that's Stefan Diggs, that's a touchdown and they win. Gabe Davis Stefan he's got the experience. He should be able to recognize that the pressure is coming screaming in. You've got one-on-one coverage. Turn your head inside. The ball is going to be there. Why are you going to the corner of the end zone in that situation? But yeah, he did, and the Eagles ended up winning the game. Uh, thoughts on Jalen Hurts' performance in this game? That does scare me. My, my thoughts are this. Can somebody please beat the Eagles? <laughs> like the amount of the amount of close games that the Eagles have played all years, and it, they said it after the Chiefs game. Jalen said it in an inter- in a post game interview after the Chiefs game. They still haven't played like 
a complete. No, they have not played their best football yet. Football game, like they, they have still not. haven't played. Like clicking on every, you know, checking every box. They still have yet to play their best football. You know what that comes and down to? to? Me, that scares the hell out of me. Yeah, this is this is the Jalen Hurts revenge tour. Everybody keep watching. You know what the that Eagles. comes down to, and why I don't think the Eagles will win a Super Bowl because of Brian Johnson's conservative ass play calling that puts us in poor positions so many times throughout games. It's terrible. Look, yeah, the yeah. look, game, look at the, the Eagles. Not be as prevalent it's in that. Terrible. In that offense, There's a reason. Honestly. Just do. Let's just be. Let's hang on a second. Let's just be all honest. Just do the brotherly shove every, <laughs> every play, play, and you're Jaylen gonna Hurts. get three to four yards and get a first. Jalen Hurts has the highest yards after catch by a quarterback by a significant margin because of their play style. Let this dude play. Let A.J. Brown play. Let throw the ball down the, the field The first time the Eagles Brown. won a Super Bowl, it was because Doug Peterson was ballsy. The dude wanted to win games, and he put them in yeah. positions to win games at any cost necessary, and this they did. True. And this team is not doing that. This is one of the most conservative Eagles teams I've ever seen, and they've got the best weapons arguably on any football field right now. Maybe not true. You've still got the 49ers Same up there. Yeah. But they've got some of the best weapons on any football team on any field right now. And the play style they play does not make sense. AJ Brown can go up and catch it with any quarterback in the league. Just let the man cook. Yeah. Jalen Hurts has shown that he's got he's 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 got, that he, he's got a he cannon can the ball. and he can be accurate. Yeah. Yep. Let the man throw the ball downfield. Dude's I mean, got, mm. been seeing deep shots to Devonta Smith a lot more, which was not really in the offense prior. Yeah, it was more of an AJ Brown like vertical threat type offense. He doesn't now get we're those targets anymore. Devonta like Smith downfield, where AJ's just getting those short screen like pick plays. You know, just getting him the ball, trying to get him the ball in like short yardage territory. Obviously, he's a big body wide receiver. That's, you know, it's good to have those guys catch the balls in short yardage. But also, yeah. when you have the speed and strength and the just ability that A.J. Brown has, yeah. playing the, the game. route running ability of him is crazy. Playing the game of football to him is is just like a walk in the park. So you just need to get that guy the ball. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand teams like getting the ball to their best player. But on this offense, every single one of the – Star players, Devonta Smith, uh, AJ Brown, uh, Jalen Hurts, and like De DeAndre Swift DeAndre and Swift, Dallas yeah. Goddard, they can all be the best player on an offense mm -hmm. on any given night. Let I, uh, them, let them just go and just like in junior, just go have fun, and <laughs> they can put up fifty points. On I teams. think the Eagles need to attack more vertically as well. I think your only checkdown targets, AJ Brown, is a beautiful checkdown target because that dude in open space is one of the best in the league. But DeAndre Swift should be one of your only checkdown targets. That dude can make things happen. After they that, attack the, the field vertically. They're just not doing that at all. Eagles are they also like got the Zacchaeus, whatever his name is. That's a very good checkdown yeah. artist as well. He can, he can, he's shifty. Eagles are all like twenty seventh in the league in explosive. Of plays the Philadelphia Eagles with the weapons they have, they're like 27th in the league in explosive plays. That's not acceptable. And I'm and I'm pretty sure their offense was like number one in explosive plays last yes, year. They so. were number one going into the Super Bowl yeah. in explosive plays, and it's just not there this year. And and it's not like they 
some teams I'd, I'd understand, like the, the like the Texans, I would understand not being like a deep ball team because they don't have an offensive line. The Eagles have one of the best offensive lines yeah. in football. Yeah. They have one of the best centers of all time. They have two great guards. Like, let the team play. They did lose their offensive play caller in the offseason. Very true. So, you know, it could be just, you know, getting accustomed to the new system and trying to get it all to work. Yeah. Brother, it's week for them. <laughs> but, but that's the thing. Like, like they still haven't all put it together, and they're 10 and 1. Like, they're 11 and 1. Like, yeah. this, this is. This is a Super Bowl caliber team, caliber team, and probably will be there in the at the end of it. Are uh, are the Eagles a whoa, team? Whoa, 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 whoa. Are the Eagles a team of destiny this year, or will they fall I short guess. again? With all that stuff being said, to twelve by forty, <laughs> are they a team of destiny, or will they fall short? I, is it Jalen Hurts' revenge tour, or is he not getting it done? I want to see Jalen Hurts' revenge tour get at least to the Super Bowl, and obviously not win because they're going to be playing the Chiefs again in a back-to-back <laughs> year. So you know we're going to we better get a second Super Bowl dub. This there man went from saying the Chiefs aren't making the playoffs a couple weeks ago to saying give me the ring. Let's Settle be honest right ring. now, though. Settle look at the AFC. Down. It's between the Ravens and the Chiefs, and if the Chiefs make it, I really don't see Nick Sirianni beating Andy Reid twice in one season, especially in the Super Bowl. If the Chiefs make it, the Ravens had to have fallen off a cliff. <laughs> Ravens have their shaky games as well. I won't give my opinion on this one because it'd be a biased one. Eagles by a million. I hope they win the Super Bowl. If they don't, I hope Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl. Y'all already know that. Jalen Hurts was my MVP pick in like week three. Still is right now, especially after the last two weeks, but doubling down on that. I don't know. I don't want to call them a destiny team because there's still too many things that this team needs to figure out, but we can say that and also at the same time say they're 10 and one. So that's a scary thought as well. Let's, uh, let's get to parlay party. Let's parlay wrap this party. episode up with parlay party. Let's talk about parlay it. party. Evidently the graphic isn't ready here. Um, parlay party is the end of the episode where we sit down and we deliver to you guys an NFL weekly winners parlay. In the past, we would have only went money line winners, uh, and we would have given you five of them. We're going to switch that up a little bit going forward. Uh, it being a parlay, we want it to win. We want it to hit. Um, so we are going to switch it up a little bit. Not only can we hit money lines, we can hit spreads. We can also hit over-unders. If we think an over is guaranteed to hit and under is guaranteed to hit, we can throw that in there as well. We're still going to deliver you five, and we're going to keep track of our record there as well. I believe our record right now is 33 and 23, but apparently the graphic did not want to pop up on the screen. But I believe we are 33 and 23. So my advice to you is bet these as straights, not parlays. But whatever. <laughs> Let's get into this here. Um I got the games up. What is anything sticking out to anybody? I, I've been thinking about this since we talked about them. The over under on the Texans Broncos. I I think I'm smashing the over. This these these offenses are both super freaking good. And I I don't think 44 is enough. I think this is going to be. I think this is going to be a big game. You've also got. Two defenses here in week 13 of an NFL season that have the potential yeah. to really clash and have the potential to keep this game low scoring as well. And if there are back and forth turnovers, which both of these teams can produce, then we could get a really low scoring game here. So the over under on that one scares me at 44 and a half. I wish it was down closer to 40. 
Um, I say we circle back to that one. I say we circle back to that one. I mean, Jags and Texans just put up 45. Jets, the Jets are a dumpster fire right now. Jets I was going to say, the over-under on that Jets-Falcons game, I could definitely see it being like a 7-3. Yeah, the <laughs> team to 10, game. 17 to 10 type the ball Jets game, simply you know cannot saying? score points right now, and the Falcons don't need to. I think that's and, and, yeah, but I mean, the Falcons also did look really good offensively this last week. I just don't think they're not gonna, really good. I they just don't good. think they're going to they need good. points against the Jets and, and the, the Jets, Jets defense, defense at the same time. Good. Jets defense at the same time keeps opponents low in scoring, though, that's for the they, most part. They, they didn't look good the last week. They'll they'll bounce back. They'll I like. Let's attack just yeah. one over under. I really like Jets Falcons under 35 and a half. Maybe just one over under, unless another one looks spicy. But Dude, the over under in games kind of scare me because I could see them being both ways. Like the Texans yeah. Bucks Broncos game, I could see that game being like like 30 to like 28, but I could also see it being like a 17 to 21 game. Um, what else are we looking at? I think. God, uh, the other one that I saw me. was. This, this, you guys might not agree with this, but I think Steelers minus five and a half. I, I, I think I'm taking that. The way that that Steelers game the, last week, they were clicking. Um, they're coming off a really good game, and I think they've got all the momentum in the in the world. The Cardinals just came off a very shaky week. The Steelers, for the first time all season, uh, had more yards than their opponents, which is absurd because they're seven. <laughs> first and three time after Matt Canada. First time after Matt, Matt Canada gets and, fired. Like that's. And I mean, we saw they let Kenny Pickett play, and yeah. He looked I actually, good. I actually really, really like that one. Steelers are at home as well. Steelers minus five and a half, uh, and then Falcons Jets under thirty five and a half. Oh, what else? What else? What else? What else? I like Dolphins money line over Commanders. I feel like that's really safe. Yeah, I've, yeah, I feel like that's, so that's that's a safe one. That's three of them. If we were to attack another over under, I feel like Rams Browns might be one of the lowest scoring games that's exactly of the year. What I was that's, yeah. that's exactly what I was thinking. I think, Especially, well, I will say this though: I'm pretty sure Miles Garrett is uh, out. Hurt. Yeah, he's out. Yeah, the so, Rams just haven't been able to produce anything in a month of football. Hey, the Browns just, just got hey, ran Stafford up on had, offensively. The Browns Matt did Stafford just get just had, ran up on. Matt Stafford just had three touchdowns. The Browns did just get ran up on. Maybe we avoid that one. How about Chiefs money line over Packers? Come on. The Chiefs, the Chiefs are at the point in the season where they have the to win. I think, yeah, the Chiefs are going to win this game. They're at are the you saying point, Chiefs over six? No, Chiefs money line over the Packers. They beat oh, okay. the Packers. Just, that that I can agree with. I Sorry, I worded Chiefs that Because, um, Dude, I'm not going to lie. This... This may be recency bias and me being aligned, but dude, dude, this Packers, they're 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 legit. They did just—I <laughs> mean, they're scary, dude. Yeah, I get you. Jordan Love looked good. The Chiefs, I feel like, are at a point in the season the where so going win. forward at seven and so three, win. they're seven and three, right? Yeah. I feel like going forward, I'm looking at it. They're eight and three. Um, eight, no. Going forward, I feel like every game right now is must win. You're already at your loss quota, in my opinion. I don't think you want to lose more than four if you want to have a shot at that one seed. The Ravens are ahead of you by a game right now. Every game right now for the Chiefs is must win. The Packers is a win for them, in my opinion. I got Chiefs money line. We've got Dolphins money line. We've got Falcons Jets under 35 and a half. And we've got Steelers minus five and a half. We need one more. We need... 
these other games are not ones I like to look at. Uh, I feel like you don't like Lions three and a half. I feel like the Lions yeah. bounce back. I and to be honest, I really, I, I, I do, but I don't, because like the Lions, like they've had six turnovers in the last two games, three in both games, three interceptions, and then three fumbles. I mean, that's six turnovers just by Jared Goff. So we're, like, we're, we're basically coming off of like a week of preparation, though, like a full like yeah. week and a couple days. Like yeah. played on Thursday, you got like, you know, the weekend to kind of relax or whatever and go through some film, blah blah blah. And, but then you've had like. You've had you. You're gonna have your full week of preparation. Like, I think I, Lions bounce back. Full week. You know what? I'm gonna stick with Lions by forty. I like Lions. Yeah. I like Lions minus Give three and a me, half. Dude. I think uh, that's a that's touchdown. I think Derek Lions Carter bounce sucks. back. Alvin Kamara sucks. Chris Olave sucks. Saints suck. <laughs> Sean Payton's a cheater. I know he's not there. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's our parlay party. We got Steelers minus five and a half. We've got Lions minus three and a half. Falcons Jets under thirty five and a half. Dolphins money line and Chiefs money line. What would be a garbage shoot? 49ers Eagles, without a doubt. 49, yeah, yeah. Don't touch that game. game. It's a fun game to bet, probably player props, but don't don't bet that game in terms of winners and losers. I don't and like if, that game at all. Dude, even the, I was gonna say if I would say like forty six point over, but I I don't even know. <laughs> that game could go. That, that's that's, two that's another ways. one that could be a yeah. d- defensive masterclass or just a. Jalen hurts with that said, and puts up 49 and that is going to do it on his own. That is going to do it for under the lights. Episode 12. Um, we're going to, we're going to come back at you guys. I believe with the new format, we'll be back at you guys Thursday. It will not be live. We'll be back with you Friday. Then at that point, that'll be our prediction show. So we'll see you on Friday. Obviously, hopefully you guys enjoyed tonight's show. If you did, let us know down below. Um, follow over on podcast. If you're listening over there, if you're going to tail our picks that we display at the end of these episodes, we ask be smart. Only gamble what you can afford to lose. The only advice I can give you is don't bet parlays. Tail them as straights. We're, we're good on record with those. Um, but, you know, if you're going to tell Parlay, have fun. Only bet what you can afford to lose. If you need help, please seek it. We're here to have fun. We're not here to see you guys at the bottom, you know. Uh, bottom line is just be smart. Have fun out there. We love you guys. Um, if you haven't already, again, make sure to subscribe. Become a fan of the show. Uh, but we'll see you guys on Friday worst, with another episode of Under the Lights. We love you guys. We'll see you then. Peace. Deuces.